0: In the War of 1812, Britain screwed with Baltimore. At the time, Baltimore was the third largest city in the United States. The Brits wanted to control it. So they attacked the city's main defense, Fort McHenry. The Brits sailed up the Chesapeake and fired Congreve rockets and bombshells upon the fort day and night. Their efforts failed. The next morning, the Americans hoisted a gigantic 80-pound flag atop the fort. It waved in the air like a giant middle finger. You could say the Brits learned an important lesson that day don't screw with Baltimore. Walk the a lawyer from Georgetown, Francis Scott Key, watched the battle as a prisoner aboard a British ship. He wrote a poem about that victory. A local press soon distributed handbills of the poem, and it made its way into the local newspaper. The words paired well with a drinking tune, and drunks sang it in bars for the next century. Then, in 1931, the bar song of Baltimore became our national anthem. But this story isn't about Baltimore or the nation. It's about something our pop culture minds believe is bigger than both, Beyonce. In episode five of Muck Rock, contributor Morrow Berg explains how the Star-Spangled Banner entangled the pop star. It's a story that travels from the steps of Capitol Hill to the blogs of the Washington Post and Gawker, all the way to the man who gave us the soundtrack to lightsaber battles on the forest moon of Endor. I'm Michael Morrissey. This is Muck Rock. Keep listening. Contributor Mara Berg.
1: In January of 2012, I went to Washington to watch President Barack Obama's second inaugural parade. I thought I was heading to watch history, but I didn't know I'd be on the ground level of pop culture controversy. It was freezing out, but everyone was excited. Powerful people surrounded me, but politics weren't the main topic of conversation. All anyone in the crowds cared to talk about was Beyonce. She was singing the national anthem. To be honest, I couldn't see nor hear the performance from the parade route, but Muckrock's Bradley Campbell watched it on television with surround sound. Well, we
0: just heard this ho-hum performance by James Taylor. His voice was raspy, and the strings on his guitar sounded brittle. I was actually nervous for Beyoncé. I didn't want her to botch the performance in the cold weather. She didn't. Her first note came in pitch perfect. Oh, can you see By the From there, she just killed it. Toward the end, she even ripped her earpiece away. She didn't need it. She's Beyoncé, and she didn't miss a note. It was just incredible.
1: Too incredible. Days later, The Times of London broke the story. Beyonce had pre recorded the performance with the Marine Corps band. She lip synced the entire thing. Everyone had an opinion on it. And the White House press secretary, Jay Carney, quickly distanced the administration.
0: Uh, as, 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 as many issues as we deal with here, uh, we still have to choose what we don't deal with, and this is one of those issues.
1: The internet responded as the internet does. With a bad lip reading version of the performance. Le foi, foi, babe, I'll try. Muckrock also got into the fray. Michael wrote the following
0: Even as America begins processing that harrowing news that pop superstar Beyonce dubbed over her inaugural performance of the Star Spangled Banner, there is a silver lining. The country might inherit a public domain work from the 16 time Grammy Award winner.
1: Sweet pea. Here's what we know. Beyonce's performance was pre-recorded by the Marine Corps Band. The national anthem is in the public domain, so we filed a Freedom of Information request for it. We think it's ripe for ripping, remixing, and recompiling. We admit the request was cheeky, but it got the notice of the Washington Post and, we assume, Beyonce's lawyers. While foy went out, Beyoncé went into PR mode. She was weeks away from headlining the Super Bowl halftime show, and she had to convince people that no, she would not be pulling another Millie Vanilli. At her Super Bowl press conference, she aimed to silence her critics. She strode before a throng of reporters, and with a digital image of the flag behind her, she belted out the national anthem, a cappella. And the home of the brave. Beyoncé went on to perform one of the greatest Super Bowl halftime performances ever. All the haters shut up. Her husband, Jay-Z, tweeted the following. Lights out. Any questions? Thank you guys so much. Three months later, we received an email from the Department of the Navy.
0: This is in response to your January 22nd, 2013 FOIA request seeking a copy of the backing track used during Beyoncé's inauguration performance we initiated a search of the file maintained by the Marine Band, which identified 36 music tracks as responsive to your request.
1: For a brief moment, we thought the public had finally had the vocal tracks to Beyonce's national anthem. But sadly, no. Toward the end of the note, the Navy wrote the following.
0: In addition, please note that Ms. Beyonce Knowles-Carter's vocals slash music do not belong to the Marine Corps.
1: The letter directed us to send an email to her lawyer. The Marine Band was effectively holding Beyoncé's voice hostage. The news of our failed request went viral. Gawker's Katie Weaver summed it up well. Freedom of Information Act does not apply to Beyonce. Beyonce is her own government. Game, set, match, Beyoncé. But we still had 36 Marine Corps band tracks. Muckrock planned to post them all on our website and call it a day. But this is when the story went beyond Beyonce, all the way to Hollywood's go-to man for blockbuster films. And for that story, I'll hand it over to Michael.
0: Included in the same FOIA request you just referenced were strong words of warning from the U.S. Marine Corps. They advised us that, yes, the recorded sound of the Marine Band is in the public domain. However, even though the Marine Band sound is in the public domain, the musical selections may still have copyright encumbrances attached to them. Muckrock's George Levine's went back through what the Marines provided, and it turns out that two of the musical arrangements performed and recorded by the U.S. Marine Band were still under copyright. Specifically, Chant and Jubilio, composed in 1961 by W. Francis Macbeth, and Liberty Fanfare, composed in 1986 by John Williams. If you don't know W. Francis Macbeth, that's fine, but most everyone has heard the work of John Williams. Yes, we have the sound of the Marine Band doing a cover of a song written by the guy who scored Star Wars. John Williams' soundtracks often seem to single-handedly power Hollywood, and lawyers work hard to protect them. Copyright covers the life of an artist plus 75 for good measure. When I asked one of our legal advisors when we can safely release the files, they told me, Never.
1: Michael, why can't we hand out copies?
0: It's an odd legal quirk in the intersection of Freedom of Information Act and copyright law. Anyone in the country can file the same request and legally obtain the Marine Band tracks, just like we did. But not a single person is allowed to share the ones still under copyright. Duplicating without prior permission is a risky endeavor. Even if it's public information, you can still get fined or face criminal penalties. So rather than risk everything, Muckrock decided to share what we could and embargo the rest until the copyright expires.
1: With unbound optimism, we hope Mr. Williams lives to the age of 115, and Muck Rock looks forward to celebrating some wonderful public domain patriotism with you when the Copyright of Liberty fanfare expires in 2122. It's a long time in the future, and Beyoncé will probably be crowned Queen of the Galaxy by then.
0: Our story came from muck rock contributor Mara Berg. Additional sourcing came from the books Francis Scott Key's Star Spangled Banner by Monica Cooling, The Flag, The Poet, and the Song by Irvin Molotsky, stories by Nico Hines for The Times of London, Katie Weaver for Gawker, Roxanne Roberts and Amy Argetzinger for The Washington Post blog The Reliable Source, and Carl Malamud for Boing Boing. It was edited and produced by Bradley Campbell. All the stories you hear on MuckRock are made possible by the Freedom of Information Act. Want to file a public records request on your own? Head to our website, muckrock.com. We'll show you how. To date, MuckRock has filed 4,900 Freedom of Information requests, bringing more than 121,953 pages of public documents into the public eye. I'm Michael Morrissey. This is MuckRock. Thanks for listening.